This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. at verse 10 it says for he waited he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God he waited Abraham wasn't looking at the earthly things he was looking at the heavenly things Abraham was looking at the eternal not the present he wasn't looking at things that were temporal he wasn't looking at the house he didn't bother building the house because he didn't want to stay here on earth that's the point The American dream has long been to have a house in a nice, safe neighborhood, a stable job, and two or three well-behaved children. Okay, maybe that's not your dream, but we all have our own idea of the perfect life. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches us about the example of Abraham, who forsook the ideals of the world for the hope of an eternal home in heaven. Are you willing to give up your earthly dream for a heavenly home built by God? Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. As he begins his message, the faith of the patriarchs. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed. So this is the first example that. Abraham said it says by faith Abraham obeyed how did he obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going that's faith you know some people like to live dangerously (laughs) but you know when you have faith it doesn't matter how dangerous it is not that it's dangerous but The writer is pointing back to the time in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, when the Lord called Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, now, just in case you get confused, first his name was Abram. Abram means exalted father. Later on, the Lord changed his name to Abraham. And you notice the H, it's like the spirit of God. Sarah, Sarai, it was Sarah. So now from exalted father Abram, it changed to Abraham, meaning a father of a multitude. Now that's kind of weird because I don't know, just thinking in the background when Abraham was growing up or probably went to work in his 30s, 40s, or 50s, he didn't have a son, and they probably say, hey, Abram, what's the meaning of your name again? Exalted father, where's your son? Where's your kids? You have none. Why do you have a name called exalted father? God kicked it up a notch in his life. He said, okay, You're going to be a father of a multitude. So he says, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. By faith, you can see that Abraham left his country, his family, and his father's house. To where? (laughs) He didn't know. It says there, look at the end of verse 8. It says, And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now that's faith, incredible faith. 
Can you imagine God calls you to leave Pennsylvania, New York, or Jersey, or wherever you're from, California? Just think about it. Now, the Lord tells you to leave your family. He tells you to leave America. Where, Lord? I don't know. Get on a plane, a bus, a boat. Just start walking. That's faith. That's what happened with Abraham. That takes faith. And, you know, he said, go out. Can you imagine that? Now, just before you answer it, you know, just think about it. You don't know where you're going. Leave, okay? Open the door. When am I going to go? I'm just going to leave. Now, for some of you, you may say, say, yes, Lord, I'm going to leave my family, my country. Yes, because my family is crazy. I have high taxes in the state that I live in, and America is morally bankrupt, and Hawaii looks good, or even Cancun, whatever. Right? Yes, that's, I have faith. I'm going, <laughs> you know? But, you know, it's not like God teased Abraham and said, hey, listen, you know, leave. Abraham didn't leave because he had issue with family issues. He didn't leave because the grass was greener on the other side. Little did he know, eventually, the, the promised land would be a land flowing with milk and honey. But he didn't know that. God didn't tease him. You know, it's amazing when God calls you to do something. How many times we shut the door, not realizing that, yeah, on the surface, it looks kind of crazy. But if you follow through with it, say, wow, can you imagine? I didn't follow through. I'm a perfect example with that. I still would have been in New York City. And I got nothing wrong against anybody in New York City. But I just love trees and I love the wildlife. So I follow the Lord. And look where I am in Pennsylvania. My dogs love it. They love the lake. They like going. And they love it. And so I didn't know. I was just following the Lord, being obedient. And I don't know about you, but we need to follow the Lord. Abraham, God didn't sell Abraham. Listen, you want to leave because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be a follower. And he said, you know, God doesn't do that. He wants to know if you're faithful. Can I trust you with the first step? And then I'll give you the second. Then I'll give you the third. Then I'll give you the fourth step. And little by little, you'll see the blessings because of your faithfulness. Abraham left. No location, no address, no GPS, no map. He obeyed. That's his first thing. He set the example of being obedient. And then that's the first. The next one is in verse 9. He showed faith by living. Look at verse 9. By faith, he, speaking of Abraham, dwelt in the land of promise. That's Canaan. God has promised this to Abraham and his descendants after him. And God fulfilled that promise because the children of Israel are still in Israel, not Palestine. Israel. God promised that land to Israel. To this day, we're reading in the book that's ancient. Okay? And today, Israel lives in the place that God has promised Abraham. That is proof that there is a God. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him on the same promise. Now, Isaac and Jacob, you know, Isaac came later on, Jacob, he never got to meet Jacob, but it's just saying that they're living in tents and they eventually did, Isaac and Jacob, in the land that God gave them. Now, that's faith. Can you imagine that you have land that's yours? You own it. You have the title. And other people are living on that land. They build their house, and you live in the very back, in the woods, on a little tent. 
That's how Abraham lived. He lived by faith. Knowing that that's the land that God promised him, he humbled himself and he lived by faith and he lived in tents. Now, it's not like Abraham couldn't afford to build a city, let alone a home, a house made of stone for he and his family. Abraham was very wealthy. He was very wealthy. This is where prosperity preachers and teachers thought, oh, yeah, Abraham was wealthy, so I want to be wealthy. Well, Abraham lived in tents. You want to live in a tent? No, meanwhile, you got three mansions across the United States. But in Genesis chapter 13, verse 2, it tells us this. Abram was very rich. It could have said rich, but very. You know, exaggeration is a lie. The Bible's not going to lie. He was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. As a matter of fact, do you remember when he left, he took his nephew Lot with him. Lot decided to go to Sodom and Gomorrah, remember? And remember the kings of the east, they came and they took him and his family hostage and they took all his stuff. And Uncle Abraham had to come and save his nephew Lot. It says that he took 318 of his servants, not all his servants, 318 of his servants formed an army to rescue his nephew Lot. So I think he was very wealthy if he could afford to have over 300, maybe 400, 500 servants. So you get an idea of Abraham. Even though he was wealthy, he didn't show it off. He lived in tents. He lived in tents. And he lived as a foreigner in the very land that God has promised him. Now, why didn't Abraham just, hey, you know, you didn't have to put him up, you didn't have to get a mortgage, Abraham. You just, hey, just build it. You got... 400 men that could build it themselves. There's a reason. Why didn't he build? The answer is in verse 10. And 10 gives us the third way that Abraham showed faith and is by waiting. Look at verse 10. It says, for he waited. He waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He waited. Abraham wasn't looking at the earthly things. He was looking at the heavenly things. Abraham was looking at the eternal, not the present. He wasn't looking at things that were temporal. He wasn't looking at the house. He didn't bother building the house because he didn't want to stay here on earth. That's the point. He set his eyes on the things eternal. And this is an example we need to learn from. And the writer of Hebrew is referring to the heavenly Jerusalem which would be the ultimate promised land. And if you want to know what the heavenly Jerusalem will be, read the last two chapters of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. There you see the heavenly Jerusalem. That's what he had his eyes fixed on. Saints, here Abraham sets the example to fix her eyes on God, on the foundation who builder and maker is God. This is what we need to fix our eyes on. Fix her eyes on the internal, the eternal things of God, the things we believe. Do not fix your eyes on the things that are seen because it's all it's temporal. It's temporary. I can't tell you how many people I know that are stressed out by their property, the things they have here. They get consumed where the point where they're sick. Because what material things that we have here, the homes, it's all gonna fade away. It's all temporary. Some of these things will outlive you and you're worrying about it. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He writes this. 
While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Abraham knew and he understood that everything on earth, everything in his life is all temporary. He had faith. He was looking ahead. It's not what's here on earth. It's what's going to happen. Because everything we look at is going to fade away. Whatever your eyes can see, look outside, you see all these cars will fade away and rust. You know, the clothing would turn to rags, eaten by moths. And even, even you, you are fading away. I'm fading away. I look at the mirror all the time and say, oy vey. It's bad enough I'm short, fading away. <laughs> we fade away. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 19 to 20, this is what he writes with Solomon. He says, what happens to the sons of men, all humanity, also happens to animals. It's talking about the flesh, not the soul. One thing befalls them. As one dies, so dies the other. Surely they all have one breath, Man has no advantage over animals, for all is vanity. All go to one place, that's the body, the physical. All are from the dust, and all return to dust. That's the reality. Just think about it. I don't want to depress you today, but your body will be dust one day. And so why not focus on the things that are unseen, that are real? It's in heaven. James write this, James chapter 4, verse 14, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Everything that's in this world is temporary. But praise God, there's hope. Through Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life. The things that are unseen is eternal is in heaven. And that's only for those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. For our citizenship is not of this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. This is why we have this in our Bible. This is why Abraham is a man of faith. Because Abraham set the example here on earth. Abraham was a sojourner. He didn't plant himself on earth. He didn't secure anything. He didn't build a house because he knew it was all temporary. And he had all the money. He could have built a whole city with the money he had. But he knew it would all fade away. You see. He fixed his eyes. On the eternal homeland. The home that he has in heaven. We're not of this world. I'm not saying mentally. I know sometimes I may act like I'm out of this guy. He's out of this world. He's mine. But I'm just talking about our citizenship. Yes. You know, we're here on earth. But our citizenship is in heaven. And that, there's a place that God is preparing for those who place their trust in him. Not everybody. Listen, don't think that you're going to get into heaven without Jesus. Without Jesus, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in his prayer, I always encourage you to read John chapter 17. That's the Lord's prayer. You know, they titled, you know, when the Lord said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, hallowed be thy name. They say that's the Lord's prayer. That's God's Christ's example of how to pray because the disciples asked him, Jesus, how do we pray? He said, this is how you pray. But in chapter 17 of the gospel of John, Jesus prays for the disciples and he prays for you. 
But this is what he prayed to the Lord in John chapter 17, verse 16. He says, they are not, speaking of the apostles, not of this world, just as I am not of the world. He is not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. And so Abraham set the example to be obedient. Go out. Where am I going? Just go. Okay, I'm just going. He waited. He lived by faith, and then now he waited. Now, before we get to Abraham's fourth example of faith, we're going to look at his beautiful wife named Sarah. Sarah, she's also a hall of faither. The right of Hebrew take us down this hall of faith. We now get to the shadow box or the portrait of Sarah. Verse 11, it says, By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promise. She believed. Sarah gave birth to the promised child, Isaac, at the age of 90. 90. Abraham was 100. She's well past the age of childbearing. At first, Sarah didn't take this seriously. Because when the Lord came with two of the angels and spoke to Abraham and said that your wife would, you know, I'm going to visit you this time, you know, the next time I come, I visit you, uh, she's going to conceive. And she's like laughing, really? (laughs) Me? Can a woman my age give birth? Really? And the Lord kind of heard you knew. He says, you laugh. And she said, I didn't laugh. No, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. (laughs) Right? And so... That's the meaning of Isaac's name. His, Isaac means laughter. Sarah may have laughed in the beginning, but she laughed at the end when he was born. Because you can laugh if something's funny, but you can laugh when you're really happy. You know, you're just happy. You're so happy, you start laughing. You're excited. And his name is Isaac. But here, the faith that she had later on to Stir up enough strength. And I love this passage because quite often we look over and I have to admit, I have. But I tell you, man, that hit me. Sarah mustered up enough strength to give birth to the promise child because of her faith. That's important. Faith could motivate you, give you the extra strength to continue on. Wow, that's exactly what Jesus, when he met the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, you remember? When the disciples came with Jesus, Jesus said, hey, go to Mickey D's, get me the cheeseburger deluxe with everything. No, they didn't have Burger King, just in case. McDonald's. Uh, So he said, go get me something to eat. The disciples went to get something to eat for Jesus. Jesus stood behind and he's talking to the Samaritan woman. When the disciples came back with their soggy bags of Mickey D's, they were say, did Jesus eat? Who fed Jesus? And Jesus continued to serve and minister. And then he says, you know, my food is to do the will of the Father, to do the ministry. And I said, wow, because I can relate to that. You know, sometimes you get caught up in ministry and, you know, I get up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning every Sunday, right? I wake up the rooster. And I have my breakfast about me about 6 o'clock, go over my notes, and then by the time I eat, I eat two services, you know, it's like one o'clock, two o'clock. I haven't eaten for all those hours. And I, sometimes I get hangry. I thank God for a godly woman, wife, that keeps me in check. And she feeds me too. So anyway, 
And I realized that it isn't until the time that when I'm ready to go in my truck, in my car home, and that, man, I'm hungry. But I knew if I wasn't busy doing the Lord's business and the ministry, I would have felt that hunger pain maybe three or four hours back. And the same way Sarah, she gained the strength to give birth at the age of 90 because of faith. And that's what faith does. It builds you up. It motivates you because there is a promise and you believe in that. And you don't let the flesh get in the way. You don't let the flesh get in the way because you believe. And this just blew me away. Now, when you look at this, you know, her giving birth at the age of 90. By the way, miracle birth has happened. When you look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ from the patriarch Abraham, right? Sarah, 90 years old, she gives birth. The next one is the wife of Isaac, right? Rebecca, she was barren, right? The next one was Rachel, she was barren. And then you get to the Virgin Mary, she didn't know a man. Miracle birth in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Gabriel, when he went to Mary, and she said, how is this since I don't know a man? Meaning she never had a relationship or never consummated a marriage. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, the angel said to her, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing means nothing. <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And so Sarah, by faith, by faith, she received the strength to conceive seed, it says, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him, God, faithful, who had promised. It is God who's faithful. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, Paul writes this to Timothy. He says, if we are faithless, which we are, we'll always will be, he, the Lord, remains faithful. And she knew that. I may not be faithful. And she probably thinking about, I wasn't faithful when I first laughed. I wasn't faithful on my way over to the time up to glean the birth. But God was faithful. I believed. And I gave birth because of him. He is faithful. Now look at verse 12. It says, therefore from one man, he's pointed at Abraham. Therefore for one man and him as good as dead. It's probably speaking of the fact that he is close to age of death or he was sterile were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore Abraham was a hundred years old when he became a dad a hundred years old and he became the father of many nations Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for running the race. 
Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.